shells cause, he cried, cause every man to go from me. And there stood no man with him while Joseph made himself known to his brethren. And what a beautiful picture we have here before us of the reconciliation of these brothers. And we know that it came about only because they were penitent and they sought the grace. The grace of God in forgiveness. But as I stated, I did not want to spend much time on the history of Joseph. But let us turn to the spiritual picture that is here presented to us. For Joseph is a type of Jesus. As Joseph was beloved of the Father, but hated by his brethren. So Jesus was beloved of the Father, but hated by his own people. And as Joseph suffered much because of the sins of his brethren, Christ our Lord and Savior had to suffer much because of our sins. As Joseph was taken to a far-off land and there suffering disgrace and agony of body and soul, Jesus our Lord and Savior had to come to this far-off land, this world of sin, here to suffer disgrace, to suffer in body and soul such sufferings that no man has suffered. And all because of your sins and mine. But... We know that God was with his son as God was with Joseph. And if, beloved, Joseph uh, fought against sin, our Lord and Savior fought and was victorious over sin, death, hell, and the devil. Sinless and holy, our Lord and Savior came for one purpose and that was to preserve life for us to redeem lost and fallen mankind if Joseph had to suffer in the dungeons and the prisons of Egypt our Lord and Savior had to be imprisoned in a darker dungeon in the tomb until God's time came to release him. And when that time came, if Joseph was exalted to be Lord of all Egypt, God exalted his son to be Lord of lords and king of kings. Lord of all, 
and now not until the brothers of Joseph were convicted of their sins did Joseph make himself known to them up to this time he spoke to them through an interpreter this is God's way he speaks to us through an interpreter that interpreter is his holy and righteous law not until we are convicted of our sins not until we acknowledge that it was our fault that we are in such a predicament as we are in now we heard our brother mentioning the Mount Sinai from whence the voice of death came to the ears of the children of Israel so that they feared and says thou speak to us but let not the Lord speak lest we die oh beloved if the law of God cannot make us die so that we will become as St. Paul stated to the Ephesians in the first verse of the second chapter you at the quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins if our trespasses and sins do not become so terrible to us that we realize that we have merited death eternal condemnation for the wages of sin is death then we will not humble ourselves to acknowledge our sin or to ask forgiveness for them we will not seek the reconciliation with God but when this occurs then all else it must go alone alone Joseph had to be with his brethren and it is so that only Jesus can bring us life and peace and joy and assurance that all is well with our soul. When Peter, James, and John were taken to the Mount of Transfiguration and there beheld Moses and Elijah speaking with the Lord Peter says it is good for us to be here now let us make three tabernacles one for thee one for Moses and one for Elijah but what did God say the voice from heaven was heard that said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And when that voice struck the ears of the disciples, they fell to the ground as though they were dead. But when Jesus touched them and awakened them, they opened their eyes, and they beheld Jesus only. 
Oh, that we are wakened, quickened by God, may open our eyes and see Jesus only, the only one who is mighty and able to save, the only one that has been made for us, as St. Paul states, wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption, that we will find in him our all in all. I want to present before you, dear young people, Jesus and him only, for he alone can lead us and guide us and save us. But let us remember that Jesus uses his Holy Spirit to lead and guide us so that St. Paul states as many as are led by the Spirit of God they are the children of God. And let us remember that the Spirit of God does not speak of its own. He takes of Christ's own and he reveals it to us. The Spirit takes the word of God, the word of truth, and revealing that word to us, he guides us on that way that leads to eternal life. And what is that way? Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one shall come unto the Father except by me. Again we see that Jesus is the only means of salvation that we have. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the one who for the joy that was set before him suffered the cross, despised the shame, and now sitteth on the right hand of the throne of God. The joy that was set before our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was the joy of having you and I and all the redeemed with him in glory. The joy of going to the Father one day and saying, Father, here I am and the children that thou gavest me. And we know that Jesus, as Joseph who received his Brethren, when they were contrite, when they acknowledged their sin with, with open arms, threw his arms around their necks and kissed them. This is the way that our Savior has received us. I am sure that even you childhood Christians who I know have not lived such a perfect life that you have not sinned, that you have not needed the grace of God, that you have not become mournful over your own sins and shortcomings, have experienced that when you have sought the grace of God from a mournful heart, Jesus has enfolded you in his arms of love 
He has kissed you. He has drawn you to his bosom of grace. He has comforted you with the assurance, Be of good cheer, thy sin shall be forgiven you. For when the children of God who have the Spirit of God enfold you in their arms and bless you, urging you to believe all your sins and all your transgressions forgiven in Jesus' name and atoning blood. It is the loving arms of Jesus that are put around you. It is his bosom that you are drawn to. For let us remember what Jacob said when he received the blessing and he knew that man who was unknown to him up to then. He said that I have seen God face to face and my soul hath been redeemed. Up to that time he did not know who that man was. But now he knew. He knew that it was God. The blessing was, a, was God's even though the man was unknown. And unless we so receive the blessing of the forgiveness of sins, not as the blessing of man, but as the blessing of God, our soul will not be redeemed. We will not receive that blessing from heaven. And we see what effect it has. Now they began to talk with Joseph. This is the fruit of living faith. That we open our, our hearts and we rectify the mistakes that we have made. Let no one build their house of salvation upon their repentance nor upon the fact that they have received the forgiveness of sins, nor upon the fact that they have repaid that which they have wrongfully taken, or they have done some other act or work. For if we place our salvation upon anything that we do. Our salvation is in the, on the wrong place. That foundation will not hold. Not on our works, but we must place our entire salvation upon the work that God has done. Jesus has worked the good work and the only good work that we can do is that which the Lord says to the Jews who asked him, what good works can we do that we may inherit eternal life? Jesus says, this is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he sent, Jesus Christ. When we believe on him according to scripture, then the work of redemption that Jesus did for us is 
granted to us. So that St. John states, we have all received of his fullness and grace for grace. We have received by believing on him according to scripture. We have received the forgiveness of all our sins and transgressions. We have received the righteousness that God imputes to us by faith. We have received the peace of a good conscience, the joy, the blessed assurance of salvation, and we have received the Holy Spirit. That Spirit that witnesses with our spirit that we are the children of God, and if children then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Now, beloved, we have received of his fullness and grace for grace. As our brother pointed out, that our righteousness, our holiness, must be a perfect one. God is perfect, and he expects perfection. And since that perfection cannot be found in us, the righteousness of man being so imperfect that God says it is just as a filthy rag before him, the holiness of man is so imperfect that God casts it away from him. But that perfect righteousness is God's own righteousness that is imputed to us by faith. And that perfect holiness is the holiness of the Holy Spirit that is given to us. So, beloved, this is what God demands and expects. But that doesn't mean that we are not to uh, strive to follow in the footsteps of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That does not mean that we can live any way that we want to live as long as we believe. It does not mean that grace should be a cover for our sins, that we think within ourselves, well, it isn't so important, even though I do this or that, even though I sin, I can go to my brother or sister and ask forgiveness and all is well. Let us not trifle with sin, nor let us not trifle with the grace of God. For God who knows each and every heart, he knows when we take lightly his sin or grace. But let us walk in the light as he is in the light. Having fellowship one with another that the blood of Jesus Christ may cleanse us from all sin. For here is the danger. If we do not walk in the light of God's word and in obedience to the spirit of God, the blood of Jesus Christ will not cleanse us from all sin. 
Now when this happened, it did not happen in a secret place, but all the house of Pharaoh heard it. And Pharaoh knew the story of Joseph, how he happened to come into that prison. And when Pharaoh heard this, that Joseph's brothers had come to him and he had received them, Pharaoh was glad. He told Joseph's brothers to do as Joseph had told them, to take wagons from Egypt and take goods so that they could bring not only their father, but also their wives and their children, and not at all to pay attention to what they have to leave behind, the stuff that they left behind, for here is offered to them all the good things. They can live on the fat of the land. And we know what Joseph gave them, change of raiment, food for the journey, and this advice. Fall not out on the way. Oh, beloved, if there was a famine in Egypt, every prodigal son and daughter has experienced that famine. I am not just now speaking to you, childhood Christians, for you have not experienced that famine. You are like Joseph, you have not departed from the kingdom of God. But did not the prodigal son in that far off country begin to want and no man gave unto him until he made the decision I will arise and will go to the father, my father and say Father I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight I am not worthy to be called thy son make me as one of thy hired servants so it is, beloved, that that was a good decision that he made. But he had to go through with that decision. If a person makes a decision, that doesn't mean that he is saved. Billy Graham speaks of the thousands who have made a decision. It is good that they make a decision. But how many go through with it as the prodigal son went through with it? For we know that not until he came back to the father's house, not even there where he received the father's kiss, was he still in a saved state. And an elderly minister was asked that would not that prodigal son have been saved if he had died in his father's arms? That elderly preacher answered, he didn't die. Jesus didn't want him to die there. Jesus took him all the way back to the Father's house where the servants were and they were the ones who were commanded to bring forth the best robe and put it on him, put a ring on his finger and shoes on his feet and let us kill the fatted calf and let us make merry, eat and make merry for this my son was dead, is alive again, he was lost and was found. 
so beloved. We need to go through with the decisions that are made. And when we see how our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has provided in the same manner, He has given us food for the journey. This word, this holy book is the food that the Lord has provided for us. And He has given us His holy sacrament, the Lord's Supper, so that we can eat by faith. Both in His Word and in His sacrament we can partake of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, eat of the bread of heaven and drink of the water of life. And He is the one who has given us the change of raiment, the garment of righteousness, and He is the one who has advised us do not fall out on the way. Do not quarrel. Oh, dear brothers and sisters, why should we quarrel? Isn't there enough room in heaven for all of us? Why should we quarrel about who can receive the grace of God? Isn't there sufficient for all? And truly, beloved, do we not want every single soul to be saved? May God, the dear Heavenly Father, banish all quarrels so that we fall not out on the way as we journey toward that homeland, but that we can go hand in hand, blessing one another, helping one another, and guiding one another, so that every single one who has set his foot upon the way of life will reach that goal and attain the reward. I do not see before me a single child of God, not a single person in this house whom I would not hope and desire that they will be saved, that we can join our voices one day with the hosts of heaven to sing the praises of him who loved us and gave himself for us. Isn't it enough, as it was enough for Jacob, who said that, it is enough that Joseph, my son, liveth. I will go down and see him. Isn't it enough, beloved, that Jesus, our Lord and Savior, lives and that we can live with him? Isn't that desire within us that we want to go and see him? We want to see him face to face. We want to become as he is, not imperfect as we are today, but in his perfections in his glory, in his rightness, to be with him forever and day in the land where the righteous dwell. To that end, may God, the dear Heavenly Father, bless each and every one whose foot is set upon the way of life. And if there be someone here tonight whose foot is not set upon the way of life, Oh, dear soul, if you have a longing to reach that goal, to attain that reward, today is yet the day of salvation. Now is the acceptable time. Come just as you are. There is sufficient grace for all. And the blood of Jesus Christ can cleanse you from all sin. Make yourself known. 
there are around you brothers and sisters who can help you and set your foot upon the way of life. To that end, may God bless you. In Jesus' name, Amen. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank thee that thy way is the only way that leads to eternal joy and bliss. We thank thee, Lord Jesus, that thou loved us so greatly that thou gave thyself for us, that thou washed us in thy own blood and made us acceptable to the Heavenly Father. We thank thee, O Holy Spirit, for enlightening us and revealing to us that which the Word of God has in store for us. We thank thee for thy Word. May it be a lamp unto our feet and a light to our path. And we beseech thee, bless thy word into each and every one of our hearts. Bless every hearer of thy word, that they may be also doers of it. Bless all those who have asked for our prayers and petitions. Bless the newborn babes in Christ, that they may grow in grace, in faith, and in understanding. Bless the shut-ins and those who are on beds of pain. Bless the awakened souls who know their sins and are sorry for them. O oh Lord, give them the courage to draw nigh to the mercy seat, that they may find grace and mercy to help in time of need. The Lord bless us and keep us. The Lord make his face shine upon us and be gracious unto us. The Lord lift up his countenance upon us and give us peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.
grace and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ be multiplied to us now and ever henceforth. Amen. I see so many children, boys and girls, teenagers and young men and women before me this evening, and so very few elders. That uh, I uh, remembered a young man that the scripture speaks of who had trials and temptations in this world as you have today. Therefore I decided to read the 45th chapter of Genesis. I will read the first 24 verses thereof. It is a long text, but I do not intend to speak and keep you too long. But with that prayer in my heart, and I will ask you to pray also that God, through these words, will speak to us, each and every one of us individually. For as Samuel said, Lord, speak thy servant here. So may he speak to us, and we as his servants, may he grant us the grace to hear, not with our natural ears only, but with our hearts also. The words read in the name of, belo uh, of our beloved Lord and Savior are as follows. Then Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him. And he cried, Cause every man to go out from me. And there stood no man with him, while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. And he wept aloud. And the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard it. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph, doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near, and he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom ye sold into Egypt. Now, therefore, be not grieved, nor angry with yourselves, that ye sold me hither. 
For God did send me before you to preserve life. For these two years hath the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years, in which there shall be neither, shall neither be earring nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity, a posterity in the earth, and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you that sent me hither, but God, and he hath made me a father of, to Pharaoh, and lord of all his house, and a ruler throughout the land of Egypt. Haste ye, and go up to my father, and say unto him, Thus said thy son Joseph, God hath made me lord of all Egypt. Come down unto me, tarry not. And thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen, and thou shalt be near unto me. Thou and thy children, and thy children's children, and thy flocks and thy herds, and all that thou hast. And there will I nourish thee, for yet there are five years of famine, lest thou and thy household and all that thou hast come to poverty. And uh, behold, your eyes see, and the eyes of my brother Benjamin, that is, it is my mouth that speaketh unto you. And ye shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt, and of all that ye have seen. And ye shall haste and bring down my father hither. And he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept. And Benjamin wept upon his neck. Moreover, he kissed all his brethren and wept upon them. And after that, his brethren talked with him. And the fame thereof was heard in Pharaoh's house, saying, Joseph's brethren are come. And it pleased Pharaoh well and his servants. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, Say unto thy brethren, This do ye, laid your beasts and go. Get you unto the land of Canaan, and take your father and your household, and come unto me, and I will give you the good of the land of Egypt, and ye shall eat of the fat of the land. Now thou art commanded, this do ye, take you wagons out of the land of Egypt for your little ones, and for your wives, and bring your father, and come. Also regard not your stuff, for the good of all the land of Egypt is yours. And the children of Israel did so, and Joseph gave them wagons according to the commandment of Pharaoh, and gave him provisions for the way. And to all of them he gave each man changes of raiment. But to Benjamin he gave three hundred pieces of silver and five changes of raiment. And to his father he sent after this manner, ten asses laden with good things of Egypt, and ten she asses laden with corn and bread and meat for his father by the way. And he sent his brethren away, and they departed. And he said unto them, See that ye fall not out by the way. Amen.
I do not intend to spend much time on reviewing the history of the patriarch Joseph, who as a young man already was so acceptable to God that he gave him a special gift so that he could foretell coming things and he could interpret dreams. Joseph, I believe, was a childhood Christian. And here we can see how God can use childhood Christians as well as prodigal sons and daughters who come out of the land of darkness into the marvelous light of God. For we know that God was able to use even that man who was possessed of the devils, out of which God, or out of whom God, drove out a legion of them. And when the Lord had cleansed him, he would have gladly followed the Lord out of that land. But the Lord said to him, Go back into the city and make known what God has done for you. And he became a preacher of ten cities. But Joseph, as a young man, had to suffer because of the sins of his brethren. For Joseph rebuked his brethren of their sins. And man does not like to be rebuked. Therefore, bitterness began to spring up in the hearts of his older brothers. And when he told of his dreams how that the sun, moon, and eleven stars bowed down to him. Even his father was amazed and said, Shall I and your mother and all your brethren fall, uh, fall down before you? But it so came to pass that when the father who loved Joseph, for Jacob saw in that son that he was indeed a child of God, he made him a special cloak. And when he sent him to see how his elder brethren were faring, who were taking care of the flocks and the herds, they said, Here comes that dreamer now. Let us kill him and see what, he'll be, what will become of his dreams. But Reuben, who was the eldest, 
Benjamin was the younger, youngest of the twelve sons of Jacob. Joseph was next to the youngest. Said, Let us not shed the blood of our brother. Behold, here is a dry well. Let us cast him into the pit, and we will be rid of him. Reuben had uh, this intention in his heart that when his other brothers would go away, he would help him, help Joseph out of that pit. But it so came to pass that while Reuben was gone, a caravan of Ishmaelites came, and the other brothers sold Joseph as a slave to the Ishmaelites, who took him to Egypt. And there he was bought by Potiphar, who was captain of the guard of Pharaoh the king. But Joseph found favor in the sight of God, and he was set over the entire house of Pharaoh, or of Potiphar, and that house prospered with the blessing of God resting upon it because of Joseph. But the wife of Potiphar was a sinful woman. She sought to seduce Joseph into sin. But behold, how Joseph looked upon sin for he says, how can I commit such a great sin against my God? Remember, dear young friends, every time that we commit sin, we commit sin against God. Oh, that all of you would have the mind of Joseph. For that sinful, lustful woman is a type of this world that bears her bosom to entice us into sin and debauchery. And oh, how many she has been able to enfold in her arms and has been able to squeeze out the last, blood of, uh, the last drop of life from within the soul. Joseph had to suffer. He had to tear himself loose. And that is the only way that we can be saved from this world. We have to tear ourselves loose. It is no easy thing to do. And sometimes our cloak will be left behind. Sometimes we will be falsely accused as Joseph was. Accused by the one who tried to induce, seduce him. But we know that what Jesus said, 
Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets that came before you. We cannot expect anything else from this world of sin but persecution, falseness, lies, and filth. When Joseph was cast into prison, God did not forsake him. He was with him, so that the psalmist's words come true. Though I take the wings of an eagle and fly to the uttermost parts of the earth, there thou art with me. Though I make my bed in hell, thou art still with me. God will never forsake his own, even though man must suffer or a child of God must suffer because he wants to be faithful to his Lord and Savior, because he wants to live a pure life. He does not willfully want to sin against God. God was with him. He found favor in the sight of the warden of that prison who set him in a position that he was to see how the other prisoners fared. And this wasn't an ordinary prison. It was a special prison wherein those of the household of the king were placed in who transgressed or did that which displeased the king or his house, household. And when Joseph saw one morning the chief butler and the baker of the king in that prison, saw that they were sad, he asked them why they were sad. The chief butler said, because I have had a dream and I do not understand what it means. Joseph induced him to tell him his dream. And when he had told him, he says that the three bunches of grapes means three days. And the fact that you took them and squeezed them into the cup of the, of the king and brought it to him, means that after three days you will be restored to your position. And when Joseph said to him, Remember me when you come before the king, for I am innocently suffering in this prison. When the baker heard that the translation of the, or the interpretation of the Butler's dream was good. He told his, 
And Joseph said, The three baskets mean three days. And the fact that the, in the uppermost basket there was baked meat for the king, and the birds came and devoured it, means that in three days you will be beheaded. It came to pass as Joseph had interpreted. The butler was restored to his position, but he forgot Joseph. The baker was beheaded. Two long years Joseph had to remain in that prison until the time came for God to release him. For Pharaoh saw two dreams, and there was no one who could interpret them. Then the butler remembered Joseph, and he told the king that there was a man in prison to whom if you told a dream, he would give an interpretation for it. So the king called Joseph, had Joseph brought to him, and when he told his dream, Joseph said, For the king says, I have heard of thee that thou art a man to whom if you tell a dream, he will give you an you will give him an interpretation. But Joseph says, Not me, O king, but God will give you interpretation. And when he stated that these dreams are identical with an identical meaning. The three or the seven fat cows and the seven full ears of corn depict that there will be seven years of plenty. And those seven lean cows that devour the fat ones and the scrawny ears that devour the full ones means that afterwards will come seven years of famine. The king was, he, he instru and he instructed the king, choose someone whom you trust and put him over your entire kingdom to gather grain during the years of plenty against the years of famine. The king was so pleased that he said, I have no wiser man in all my kingdom than thou art, who hath a God who can interpret dreams and foretell coming things. And Joseph was exalted. He was robed in a royal garment. A golden chain was put upon his neck. And the king took his own signet ring from his finger and placed it on Joseph's finger so that anything that Joseph sealed with that ring would be law in the land of Egypt. Joseph was faithful in his office. During the years of plenty, he stored up grain against the years of famine. And the famine did not only touch the land of Egypt, it also reached to the land of Canaan. And after the first year of famine, Jacob sent his ten elder sons to Egypt to buy grain. And they naturally came before Joseph. But Joseph 
who was arrayed in a royal garment, who uh, now had grown older, and no doubt he was, he had taken the custom of the Egyptians whose hair and dress was different than the children of Israel, changing him so that his brothers did not know him. And when Joseph knew his brothers, he wanted to find out how things were at home. He made off as though he could not understand the Hebrew language. He used an interpreter through which he spoke to his brethren. And he accused them of being spies. So that under that pretext he could examine them more closely. And when he heard that his youngest brother Benjamin was at, at home with his father, he wanted to see him. Therefore, he says, one of you must remain until the others bring back the youngster to me so that you can prove that your story is true. And Simeon remained. The others went home. Joseph ordered them, ordered the servants to fill the sacks with grain to put the money at the mouth of the sack and sent them forth. When they came home, then they told the story, what happened in Egypt. And when the father saw the money at the mouth of the sack, he thought his sons had done something which was dishonest. Now, when another year passes, there was no earring or harvest. The grain was gone. The father again began to plead with his sons to go to Egypt and buy grain. But they refused to go unless Reuben would go or unless Benjamin would go with them. But the father said, Joseph is no more. Simeon is no more. And you would take Benjamin from me. You will cause my gray head to be go into the grave childless. But when Judah promised to give himself as a ransom that Benjamin would come home, the father let him go, go. And now when they come before Joseph again, Joseph seeing his youngest brother, he could not constrain himself. Tears came into his eyes. He left and he went into his room and washed his face. And when he returned, he ordered the servants to prepare a meal for them ordered them to fill the sacks with grain, to put the money in the mouth of the sacks, 
but in Benjamin's sack to put his silver cup. And when they departed, he sent his steward after them, who overtook them and said to them, Why have you repaid my master's goodness with evil? For one of you have taken his silver cup. They all vowed that they had not taken it. And Reuben the elder says, He upon whom it is found, let him be your master's slave. Now the sacks were opened. In the sack of Benjamin, the cup was found. They all had to return and come before Joseph. And Joseph spoke to them so harshly that they were convicted of the sin that they had committed against him. So that they said, This has befallen us because we saw the sorrow of our brother Joseph and had no compassion on him. And when Judah then steps up before Joseph, promises to give himself in the place of Benjamin that he will be his slave. For if the youngster does not come home, we will cause the gray head of our father to go with sorrow to the grave. Now Joseph could not refrain himself any longer. We come to the part of the, our text. He tells, cause, he cried, cause.